This is a podcast from the Business Times. Hi guys, before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick announcement. You might be surprised to hear my voice today. I'm Lee Kim Siang, production editor of the Business Times podcast team. Our host, Howie, will be away for the next two months, so I'm taking over in her absence. Now with that out of the way, let's get into it. Last September, just a day before her birthday, content producer Wang Siqi was laid off by Lazada. It all started with a vague email from her bosses asking for a one-on-one meeting. She didn't think too much about it at the time, until the next morning. When I step into the office, it's like, you know when you step into somewhere and you feel that something is wrong immediately, like you know something is wrong, like the atmosphere was very weird. So that was when I started to realise that, oh, maybe this is a retrenchment exercise. Sure enough, her instincts were right. She was laid off. That must have been such a shock. You were laid off right before your birthday, right? Yes. (laughs) Did it ruin your birthday plans? Not really. I just went on with my birthday plans. My birthday was on uh, Saturday, if I'm not wrong. So that day, the retrenchment was announced was on Friday. So it didn't really ruin anything. I just went on as per usual. I think I come more from the mindset of, hey, if a company doesn't want me, then there's no point in like trying to haggle with them anymore. Like what, what can they do? It's not like they will... <laughs> don't, don't lay me off. So to me, I'm just like, okay, you know what? You just tell me what I need to do and I'm out of here. Abrupt, mass layoffs like the one Siqi went through seem to have become a feature of the corporate landscape in recent years. In the tech industry alone, more than 30,000 people have lost their jobs this year, and we're only a month in. If you're wondering, what can I do if I'm retrenched? Then this episode is for you. Legal protections, working with the unions, negotiating with your boss, we delve into all that and more. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money-managing and wealth-growing journey. I'm your host, Lee Kim Siang. Layoffs tend to happen top-down, with decisions made by senior management based on business priorities. But as a result, for those of us just trying to do our jobs, it can feel kind of random, sudden, and unfair. And in corporate-friendly Singapore, getting retrenched can leave some people stranded. Workers in Singapore have limited protections when they are laid off because our law tends to be more protective of employers rather than employees. Okay, So the first thing to do is that there's no overarching law in Singapore that provides for uh, statutory protections for retrenched workers. That was Amajit Kaur. She's a commercial disputes and employment lawyer at Withers Kata Wong and she's helped many people with retrenchment disputes. Let's go into what we do have. In terms of the law, we have the Employment Act 1968. Section 45 of the Employment Act actually says that no employee who has been in continuous service with an employer for less than two years is entitled to any retrenchment benefit. Now, most people would say, what does that mean? Mm. Does the converse stand true, which is if you've been in continuous employment for two years, you're entitled to retrenchment benefits. Now, that is actually open for, for debate because legislation is not really clear on this. But the next point to note is that it only applies to employees in non-managerial, non-executive roles whose salaries don't exceed 2600 a month. So PMEs don't fall under this. And most of the impacted employees in Lazada were actually the PMEs. Uh, so it's of limited utility. And the next point to note is that the Employment Act does not provide the range of retrenchment benefits to be offered. So the quantum is still left to the employers to decide. Just making sure I understand this. Are you saying that there's no actual severance pay requirement for professionals whose monthly salary are above $2,600 and it's up to the companies to decide how generous they want to be? Yes. Okay. (laughs) 
And I think that's really a large part of the problem around the retrenchment issue in Singapore. The fact is that companies often hide behind the fact that, hey, but there's no statutory requirement. There's no law. Show me the law. Where's the law? And, and that really is a problem because there's a great disparity in power between the company and the employees. And it, it puts the employees in a very unenviable position where they've lost their jobs. They're trying to, you know, fight for every cent. And they are up against a system that doesn't, doesn't afford them the protections that they need. Now, this is something that I think is being considered because we have the advisory. And in Singapore, the advisories are usually issued with a view towards at some point in time becoming legislation. So it's really my hope that in order to protect our workforce, that this advisory eventually makes its way into legislation with proper protections for employees in the face of retrenchments. So that's the Employment Act. Then we go into something which is not really statute. Uh, it's called the Tripartite Advisory on Managing Excess Manpower and Responsible Retrenchment, which we refer to as the Retrenchment Advisory in shorthand. Uh, this is not statute. It does not have force of law. This advisory is helpful because it does provide best practices companies should apply, i.e. companies should try everything possible before resorting to putting people out of jobs, redeploy them, redesignate them, convert the role into a flexible role or job sharing role. Companies are encouraged to try their very best before letting people go. In terms of retrenchment benefits, the retrenchment advisory provides that Employers' ability to pay retrenchment benefits depends on their financial circumstances at the point in time and encourages them to pay a reasonable sum. It then sets out recommended range of two weeks to one month of salary for each year of service for employees with at least two years service. Those who have worked a shorter period could be granted an ex-gratia or a voluntary goodwill payment. So what happens to those who have stock options or restricted stock units? Okay, so that's a great question, right? The stock options and restricted stock units are usually governed by the terms of the offer. Now, in most cases, companies are pretty clear that upon a termination event, any unvested stock options or RSUs will be forfeited. And as we know, these stock options and RSUs are usually designed to vest over a period of time because they are retention tools. So what happens if you're let go at year two, but your RSUs only fully vest at year five? In most cases, companies will allow you to keep the vested uh, units that you may already have, but the unvested will not vest. In certain exceptional cases, companies may be prepared to consider an accelerated vesting. So there's no harm asking, but that's very rare. What if the employees on an employment pass or S-pass, will they be deported when they lose their job? Okay, so for employees who are in Singapore on an employment pass or S-pass, their immigration passes are tied to the company. So once their employment is terminated with the company, they do have to leave Singapore. Uh, it's not as if they are deported immediately. The system actually provides for the company to cancel the S-pass or the employment pass uh, within a week of the last day of the notice period. Thereafter, the companies do apply for a short-term visit pass of up to 90 days. So it's not as if they have to pack up and leave uh, immediately. They do have a runway. But the fact is that it's very, very difficult for people who have made Singapore their home, who have kids going to school here, to essentially put themselves back in a box and, and leave. So that is an issue. In January, Wang Siqi's former company, Lazada, did another round of layoffs, this time cutting about 100 employees, including some of Siti's friends. 
The company made headlines for how poorly it handled the whole situation. Employees were crying and NTUC said it was, quote, deeply disappointed with the situation. Amajit says Lazada fumbled the ball in two areas, strategy and communication. So the first thing I would say is strategy. They should have given the employees adequate notice of the upcoming retrenchments. So, for example, they may call a town hall or there may be an announcement to say, for business reasons, the company will be undergoing certain reorganization and jobs may be at risk. We will notify the affected individuals. Now, Lazada did not do that. Instead, come Jan 3rd, they hauled in their employees, give them their notice and bid them farewell. Start of the new year, people have resolutions, raring to go. Not a good look, right? So strategically, should have given them advance notice, should have planned it better in terms of timing. Second thing, Lazada appears to have attempted to get away with doing the absolute bare minimum. There's a tripartite advisory on managing excess manpower and responsible retrenchments. That's a mouthful, but we call it retrenchment advisory as a shorthand. Now, that provides for two weeks to one month per year of service in terms of retrenchment benefits. Lazada has, you know, offered two weeks per year of service, right? That is at the lower end of the spectrum. As a unionized uh, entity, the norm is usually one month per year of service. Strategically, again, not a good look. The second large point is communication. As a company operating in Singapore, you need to notify your unions, particularly if you're a unionized company. So Lazada is actually unionized under the Food, Drinks and Allied Workers Union. It is a union that is allied to the NTUC. Now, they did not notify the unions. So what happened? Unions went up in arms, right? So the statements of, you know, deeply disappointed, the exercise being unfair, uh, the amount being offered being inadequate, they could have avoided this. Secondly, press statement was appalling. Uh, there's a running joke that Chair GPT could have done a better job at, you know, sugarcoating and being nicer about it, Right. And thirdly, communication with staff was also appalling. There was grave disappointment because people who had just been promoted were axed. So there was a lack of clarity around why people were being let go. What is the selection criteria, etc. Again, never a good look. When Lazada announced its layoffs, it did not consult nor inform NTUC in advance, causing a backlash. What role do unions play in helping retrenched workers? Does NTUC really have the power to negotiate for fewer retrenchments or higher severance for those affected? Yes, because Lazada is a unionized company, I think the unions actually can play a larger and more active role in terms of urging them to do better. So, for example, the FDAW said that the offer of two weeks of severance per year of service is inadequate. It's insufficient. Why? Because the norm for unionized companies is one month per year of service. They would also have scrutinized the overall package that's being offered and arrived at the conclusion that it is unsatisfactory. So, Part of the negotiations would be, surely you can do better on this. Surely you can offer them, for example, post-termination training so that they can find alternative jobs. So I think that's part of the process where they push the company to do better. Still to come. So, you've just been retrenched and need to negotiate an exit package? We share some tips after the break. Market Focus Daily, a roundup of market movements and the news that drove the trading day here and in the region. Every trading day at 6 p.m., directly from the Business Times newsroom. Listen at businesstimes.sg slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Money Hacks from the Business Times. Welcome back to Money Hacks. Let's face it, getting retrenched is scary. It means losing a stable income, benefits, and also for some of us, an identity. 
It's one of those things that we can never really be prepared for. Imagine if you were in Suti's position. You're called into a mysterious meeting with the bosses. You're told you have to pack up your things and go by the end of the day. Not all of us would be able to take it as well as Suti did. In the moment, it can feel like you're all on your own. But don't panic just yet. There are actually things you can do to protect yourself, even when you're being let go. Employment lawyer Amajit Kaur breaks it down for us. So the first thing I would say is be familiar with your contractual documents. Actually go and read your employment contract and read that dusty old thing called the employee handbook to see if there's any provision for retrenchment benefits. Because in certain MNCs, for example, they do have clauses that govern retrenchments. So you would want to familiarize yourself so that at least if you are called into a room, you know your rights. Second thing is when you actually have the discussion where the company is letting you know you're being retrenched, keep meticulous notes of the termination discussion. What is being said? Any reasons or rationale provided for the termination? Because in the event that you need to challenge uh, the termination as being a wrongful dismissal, the rationale and the reasons provided are important. Also know that if you are presented separation documents in a termination meeting, don't feel pressured to sign on the spot. You are entitled to say, I need time to read it. I need time to consider. I need to consult my family. Because it's not unusual for companies to say, sign it now and we will give you X, Y, and Z. If you don't sign it now, we take this element off the table. So those are just scare tactics. Absolutely. And, and usually very effective because people have just lost their jobs, just been told their rice bowl has been broken. Mm. Just You'd be under tremendous mental stress at that point. And if someone says, I'm giving you something, but it's only if you sign now, People do feel duty-bound to their families and to the banks they have to pay their mortgage payments to to sign. You work with clients who face employment disputes at work. What are some of the common issues that come up around retrenchment? Okay, so one of the most common is a thing called disguised retrenchment. It is something that is designed to look anything like what it actually is in substance, okay? So I'll give you some examples. High-performing executive, out of the blue, he's told, actually, you're a poor performer, so we have to let you go because of your poor performance. Now, this is jarring to the individual because they might have just been promoted or in, I've got a current case where they were just lauded in a, in a global town hall for their contributions. So to this individual, it doesn't feel right because, you know, why am I being let go for poor performance when it's never been an issue? So in such circumstances, we help employees put forth the case that actually it's a disguised retrenchment. Why would companies undertake disguised retrenchments? Good question, right? For two reasons. One, because they are obliged to notify the Ministry of Manpower. So they open themselves up to MOM scrutiny. The second thing is they have to pay retrenchment benefits, or at least they are urged to. So in order to avoid those two things of notification and retrenchment benefits, they try and disguise it for something else. Another one is, you know, saying it's just a contractual termination. We're just terminating you contractually as we're entitled to do. Now, poor employee, how would they know if it's actually a retrenchment or not? So this is something that is a real problem. And actually, ministry came up to say that if a company is found to have disguised their retrenchments, the MOM may impose administrative penalties, including curtailment of work pass privileges, which is a serious threat to companies because all of them rely on foreign manpower to some extent or the other. Another example is where the retrenchment is not straightforward. We have currently got a couple of cases ongoing where whistleblowers have raised concerns about their managers, management style, financial mismanagement, certain other concerns. And it is these managers they've complained about who then put them on the retrenchment track. Now, there's clearly something wrong with that equation. So in those circumstances, we help them to unravel the relationship between the whistleblowing and the act of retrenchment. 
Let's say I've been laid off and my employer says they won't be paying me any severance. They say they're already struggling financially, so their hands are tied. Is there anything I can do to dispute that? If you have knowledge that you can use to challenge that position, that actually we are in a weak financial position, we have to let you go, or we can't pay you severance at all, then the first thing to do is to sit down with them and to say, hang on, actually I know the numbers, and based on the numbers you can't afford to pay me and everyone else you're letting go. And also here's to remind you that, you know, it may not be law, but there is this advisory, which, you know, companies are strongly encouraged to abide by, right? Most companies are to some extent reasonable. Singaporean companies do try to, if you bring the advisory to their attention, some of them may not even know, you know, they wouldn't want to, to depart from it. So you put pressure on them to try to at least abide by the advisory as a starting point. Now, in terms of other recourse, what can you do? You can, of course, go to the unions, right? Unions, you know, you go to them and they will try to help you out, right? They will negotiate with the employer for you. Particularly, there's a whole bunch of you who are dissatisfied. And if, you know, you don't get any luck, there is always the Tripartite Alliance for Dispute Management and the Tripartite Alliance for Fair and Progressive Employment Practices. And then if you really have no options, come see lawyers and then we help you. <laughs> Amarjit, thanks for joining us today. It's been very insightful. Thank you. This is really great. There's no getting around it. Losing a job is not fun. It's okay to give yourself some space and time to grieve and process your emotions. But you never know. It could be the start of something new. In the case of Wang Siqi, that meant taking the plunge as an entrepreneur and TikTok influencer. And so I thought that, hey, maybe this is my time to do something different and crazy. Because all this while, while I've been producing content for companies, I've never really thought of putting myself out there. Because I do think it's quite vulnerable. And I prefer not to be in front of the camera. But, you know, it's like when something huge happens and then a girl goes to cut her hair. So I think something similar to, to me. I just wanted to do something different and drastic and just take it as an opportunity to try something new. Yeah, I mean, what else could I lose, right, at this point? If life gives you lemons, make lemonade, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it looks like more help is on the way. Last week, as part of Budget 2024, the government announced a new temporary financial support scheme to help those who have been laid off. As some of them might not have the time to upskill themselves or look for another job. Details of the scheme will be revealed later this year. This has been Money Hacks from the Business Times. I'm Lee Kim Siang. Till next time. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.